0: I was lesser i Mm -hmm. felt like i was like lesser than because i couldn't keep up with the grades or i couldn't keep up with um you know Mm who work the same way that my peers were um so that kind of motivated me to say like you know what i i don't need to go this route and i i I, want to make my own route here Um, Mm -hmm. and that has really been my attitude since you know like college high school because I did so poorly in all that stuff, and I knew I wasn't you
1: know. <laughs> What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Along the Keel. My name is Captain Zach, and in today's episode, I speak with folks from Hey Skipper, a love for fishing turned YouTube channel turned thriving business that is creating innovative products such as salted bait. And that is why I was intrigued. By hey Skipper, was because they were the only company I could find salting bait, and you might wonder why someone would want to salt bait, and you have to listen to find out. But I can tell you, it's a very cool, very innovative idea, and I hope you guys stick around for the entire story because it's filled with inspiration, information, and tons of other great little tidbits. With that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of More on the keel. But before you do listen to the show, please head on over to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. And if you could, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom, hit that five stars, or write something nice if you choose to do so. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Along the Keel. When did this all when did this all start? Because it started with, you know, Brendan, Aaron, you guys really just getting into fishing. And all of a sudden, you created this brand hayskipper and an incredible YouTube following so did you always have this like love of fishing growing up you
2: go? You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, for me I, I had never I've been fishing maybe one time with my grandpa in Texas with mm-hmm. bamboo poles and we caught maybe one catfish but we didn't go fishing <laughs> together until about a year into our relationship and he was like, hey Oh wow! Like let's go fishing. I was like, okay, you've been fishing with your dad since you were a kid, but I've never seen you fish. Um, and we kind of got back into it together. I think we were doing freshwater for a while, and then we just kind mm-hmm. of started exploring our area and discovering new places together. And uh, we were in college at the time as well, and in our, our last year of college, and we mm-hmm. started applying for grants and applying for uh like in idea competitions because i we had just started the youtube channel actually so brendan like came to me and he was like hey like i have this idea like i'm like a youtuber and i have like all these followers and we're doing this and like this is just an idea and Mm -hmm. uh we started on instagram and started gaining some traction on instagram and then we were like okay let's start a youtube and no one from instagram wanted to follow us to youtube (laughs) so it was like a year or so of just like putting out content on YouTube and no one watching yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but we had the idea and we were like going to the school and like, Hey, we had this idea for this company that teaches people how to fish. And we're like getting people out on the water and we're connecting people and we're mm-hmm. all going to be online. And they were like, Hey, that's kind of a cool idea. They gave us a little bit of money. Um, and then we graduated and we had just a little bit of startup money and we just decided, let's try it. You know, it was a whole conversation of, "Hey, like, we need to discuss like whether we're going to apply for jobs or whether we're going to like uh, actually (laughs) try to Like, it was like, "Hey, like, if we really try this, like, it'll happen."
0: There was, we had to make a decision. Like, I remember the point where we were like, "Okay, we either have to like do part time work or like full time somewhere else, start looking into career, or we give this our all." Mm -hmm. You know, we've got this funding from school. Um, let's try and take this and, and use it wisely, invest it wisely, um, and try and, and try and grow this into something real. Um, right. and well, it's, I think it all reflects back to our original core values of, uh, what we originally wanted with the company. Um, we kind of stuck by our core messaging of like, we want to help people get outside and learn how to fit mm-hmm. because it's not easy to gather all this information from many different people, many different sources. And many people right. are teaching how to fish. Um, in fact, there's a lot of people who don't want you to know their spot, don't want you to know <laughs> their technique. Yeah. And this, yep. to me, just causes more trouble in, in in our world and in our environment because these people are fishing incorrectly. They're not knowing what species they're bringing up. Mm-hmm. They're you know fishing irresponsibly. And our real core here is we want to raise a responsible generation of fishermen, not just the right. old you know, uh, for lack of a better word, Guggen, uh, who can, who yep. well, will actually end up causing more harm to our fishery than anything. If they're gonna try and learn, might as well learn the correct way. Um, mm-hmm. we stuck by this messaging throughout the whole, you know, we're, we're still sticking by this messaging. And, you know, that's really, I feel like what has been helping us push us forward is to have that, have that value. Um, be, beyond just us being a fishing YouTube channel, we have, mm-hmm. we have a lot of values that we stick by and we've stuck by for three, four years now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, how you guys have kind of gone about it. And it's very, you know, to me, it's very profound, right? I mean, you guys started from nothing, you had an idea, which in the world of the internet is so cool how now more than in any time ever in history, that you can literally have an idea come into your head. And then you could have that idea materialize into something that you do every day and make a good living at, right? So, and it all started with this YouTube channel, right? And creating this platform. And I have so many questions. And, but what I really want to kind of dive into is like the core of why you got into fishing, right? Like, why is it that some people decide to get into cars? Why is it some people, you know, want to go be a pilot? But for you guys, it was no, we want to teach people how to fish, you know, and I kind of I, I feel like we're kind of cut from the same cloth to some degree, because for me, this whole show and what I've always done in my life. And when I take people out on a boat or on a charter, it's teaching people how to love the ocean. Right. And you guys are a little bit more specific. You guys are teaching people how to fish. So, Brendan, Amanda, Aaron, like how did this all kind of. Begin for you in terms of learning how to fish, getting into the outdoors. Was this something that you started like, and as you know, in in your childhood, or was this something that you kind of grew into because of the brand and the company?
0: Um, I'll start. With yeah, this one. go ahead. So I, I've been fishing since <laughs> I was a little kid with my dad. Okay, it was different when I was fishing with him versus when I stopped fishing and rediscovered it all for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And you ask like, why why this over you know like. Uh, being any other career, any other field, uh, well, uh, fishing for me has always been freedom. It's being out on the water and and having to solve problems that like the rest of the world doesn't matter. I- I'm solving like some some real problems here. <laughs> Where is that fish or or like what are the conditions uh, that that Mother Earth is telling me about right now? and how can this how can this lead me to finding myself some some food, some fish and a relaxing afternoon um but for me learning how to fish without my dad there is was just diving into a whole new world of of what i like to think of as freedom
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: i would say for me it was really only once we started doing it together that i got into fishing I've always been like a, you know, an outdoor lover, like an animal, Mm -hmm. you know, nature, flowers, birds kind of person. But once we started, especially like traveling up and down the coastline, I think, you know, going to different places and seeing that, like, first of all, this is like a huge thing. Second of all, if you kind of like speak this language and you kind of Mm -hmm. going on, it's like, you're in like a worldwide club. You know, like, right, every, yep. you can go anywhere and talk about fishing, and like you're going to be able to talk to other people who fish. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, I think one of the funniest things is Emma here is is a complete vegan, yeah, but oh, really, more about fishing than half of our <laughs> <can> <laughs> because she That's continually wild. edits and learns more and more about like the, the, the ocean and the different techniques to catch fish and right. their mm-hmm. habitats, the different baits. Um, but you don't even have to fish to like fishing.
2: Right. And I think that's like the great thing is it connects people, you know, it's about more than just the fish. It's about the people and that Mm -hmm. with family with friends, with strangers. It kind of just brings people together on the water.
1: Absolutely. And you know, that's such a great point. And you brought up this, this, um, the idea of like having the same language. Right. And that's super important because even from like a cultural perspective, if you go into, you know, on the Cape, right. I mean, I watched one of your guys' videos you came on fished on the Cape and you met Neil from, uh, on the water magazine. I, I know Neil, Neil's a great (laughs) guy. And so it's a small world. Right. And, um, you know, but the idea of like having this language, and, you know, this culture behind fishing is so unique, you know, and it's unique because it's on the coast. Not a lot of people do it. I mean, if you live within, you know, five miles away from the shoreline or from any body of water, the likelihood of you learning fishing is, you know, pretty slim. But if you do, you know, it's that small group of people that really know what they're doing. And, you know, what I think is cool is, you know, a little bit of a story is, you know, when I moved to Hawaii as a captain, You know, it was very easy for me to integrate with that culture, you know, because they're ocean based. Right. So whereas another friend of mine, when we moved there, it was a little bit harder for him to kind of get to know people, you know, because he wasn't a captain. He wasn't someone on the water living and breathing the culture of Hawaii, which is so, you know based around in the ocean. So I can totally understand in, in your purpose and, and the drive behind creating this YouTube channel and creating what is now Hey Skipper. So, you know, my question to you is when you guys start this thing and you're making videos, there's that, there's that point of, man, should I put this thing out? Like, what should I talk about? You know, what kind of camera should I use? Like, how did you go about building this platform of YouTube? Because quite frankly, I've never talked to anyone yet who's really built a substantial YouTube following. And in a world now where the internet is all based on how many people you can have, you know, listening to you and building an audience, that's super important. And you can pretty much springboard any idea off of these people and see what sticks, you know? And it's Seems like whatever you guys have done has stuck, right? And I mean, that's why we're talking to each other. But what was that like in the very beginning stages? Like, what was it? You guys are in college, right? You're, you're trying to figure this whole life thing out. And then you have this YouTube channel and you're like, what do I do? You know? So walk me through that.
2: In college, Brendan was a, a graphic designer Right. And mm-hmm. I actually studied theater. My sister actually studied theater as well. So, we oh, nice. Identify as storytellers, right? Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And where'd you guys go to college?
2: We are, Brendan and I went to UMBC.
1: University um, of Maryland Baltimore. Baltimore County okay and uh, mm-hmm. my
2: sister Emma here went to West Virginia University mm-hmm. um, oh nice yeah so
1: a little bit shoreward
2: <laughs> um so it was like first of all a blend of our the skills that we already had right like mm-hmm. I like putting stories together. Um, Brendan is a beautiful graphic designer he already loves fishing we actually worked on a project together in school that was about making a film in one week. And like mm. submit this film. It was
0: a competition called the Campus Movie Festival, where you had three days to put together a film against schools nationwide. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And there was there's awards for like best picture, best acting, best des, uh, design. Um, and we had three days to put this video together, um, and we just kind of hustled and did it, and ended up winning. Every prize that there there could have been. <laughs> so
2: that was like the first taste of like, first of all, we work well, really well together. Second of all, we mm-hmm. put together stuff really fast. Um, and so while we were in school, we were going we started like fishing different places. Like we went to Montauk in that September, I remember. Oh, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And we're then we, that. we did we did that, which was just like a whole like eye opening experience of wow. That was our
0: first taste of well, we got some good views on that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So we were no. filming just kind of our journey fishing there um, and just made some videos about that. And then we went to like upstate New York and did the salmon run there. So those were just like experiences that we wanted anyway, right? And we mm-hmm. just started filming them and people just slowly started watching. And then from then on, it was like, okay, well, like, let's make this a consistent thing. What can we put out every week, right?
0: So if I'm trying to give some solid advice to anyone who's trying to start their own channel, it's... Mm. Put out, yes, do those experiences you want to do, but the, look at your data and how many views that you're getting on these videos. The ones that are not getting as much views, stop making those kind of content. The, one, the videos that are getting a lot of views, keep making those content. And you just keep following this direction and eventually you'll see something. A very common question that I get is, well, what kind of cameras are you using? I just feel like I'm not ready to start my, my channel yet until I have, you know, that 4K camera, three GoPros, all this other stuff. Right our past three videos were filmed on our iPhones. Yeah. And that's today, today, that's today. Like, if you think about watching your channel, it's not people who are watching it on huge projector screens, movie TV screens. So 4K was kind of not really for us to work with. People were watching it on a screen this big. So 1080P Mm -hmm. was perfectly fine. Um, And working with 4K footage just always takes so much computer space. We tried
2: it. Oh,
1: and that yeah. trip we
0: went to upstate yeah. New York. We we borrowed a school camera, uh, their their most expensive camera, their nicest camera. Shot it all in 4K and realized it's going to take 48 hours to drop this footage, just to drop it.
1: Jesus, right. and we have everything already
0: filmed in 4K.
1: Right. Workflow slows down to a a crawl at that point. We
2: were in trouble. We just did not have the power to even work with it. But Mm. I think at this point, right, where we're like, okay, we could upgrade to, like, better cameras. We definitely Mm. could. Better this, better that. But, like, part of it is I I like to be a home creator. And, like, the feeling Mm. of being a home creator on YouTube is, I think, like, really different if you think about you know, some of your favorite, even just TV shows, like the first or second season when they're like, like, oh, like Trailer Park Boys, I don't know if you've seen Trailer Park yeah. movies, but like uh-huh. the, the type of camera that they're shooting on, it just feels different once they get like later in right. the season. It's okay to have
0: those hand wobbles and it's okay for it not to be the perfect shot. It's okay, okay that it's not right. like the highest quality because we're home creators and we're not trying to be a professional, um, Professional TV show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, a family team here, just putting <laughs> together some fun memories on, and to to teach people how to fish at the right. same time.
2: But I think yeah, like the whole vibe, you know, is is just doing it scrappy, like MVP. Right. We always say like the minimum viable product that you can do.
0: Yeah, what's the least amount you can do and it still be completely acceptable? Right.
1: Right. Yeah, well, and it's funny, you know. I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of him? Amazing. Everyone, he's amazing, right? So he talks about the fact of documenting and not creating, right? And that's exactly what you guys did. You know, you guys went around. You're like, I like to go fishing. Let's go Mon- Let's go to Montauk, and you know, shoot, let's just bring a camera and see what happens, right? So this whole idea of you know documenting your your life on the water and fishing eventually led you through college and creating these videos. So when you first started seeing this traction and being like, oh man, like we had zero followers and now we had a thousand and then you had, you know, 2000, 3000. Now you're at, you know, the last I checked was like 300,000 plus, right?
2: Almost four we <laughs> we're like 392 or something. <laughs> that,
1: that's a lot of people. I mean, I always put it in perspective of like, in, you know, um, of like, if you were to sit in front of an audience you know, and all of a sudden you had 400,000 people listening to you, I mean, that, that'd be pretty intimidating. That's like, that's like well over a, a super, like a, a football stadium, right? That's uh, a lot. That's a lot of, of freaking people. So at what point did you guys say like, all right, well, college, we're, we're, we're getting through college and we have this whole decision of, all right, well, what's next? You know, do we stick with YouTube Or do we kind of, you know, do it part time, like you said in the beginning, and just try and find something else. And this will be like our side hustle. So, you know, you won this competition, which seems to me like it was a really big turning point as to making that decision. And maybe even made it a little bit easier because you had this validation behind you saying, all right, if other people believe in us, and we have this following, we have a platform now we can actually make that next step. Can you kind of give me like a little insight as to what that looked like? That it transition was, it was
0: a little bit more than just, just winning that money. That money was, that's fine. But the, I think mm-hmm. the most important part is that we had, we were surrounded by family and we were surrounded by people who were just like being our cheerleaders and really supporting right. us and giving us the correct mentorship. So not only did we win the money, but we kept following up with the, with our, our business teachers and kept working with them and getting more and more advice from them, um, Mm -hmm. between, you know, my, my mom is also a a really big, um, factor in this as well, because she, she's very, very smart at this kind of stuff. And she gave me mentorship and, and really helped us foster, how do we work together? How do we be more productive? Um, and how, how this is really going, going to work out in the long run. So it's, it's not just money. It's, being surrounded by people who are, are uplifting you, and also smarter than you, and also mm-hmm. mentoring you. Um, yep. it, I couldn't have done any of this by myself. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of this by myself to this day. I need to have mm-hmm. this, com, this support system where we all support each other, and we mentorship each other, and we, we, we rise each other up.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That 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 the team mentality, right? Yeah. Like it takes a village. And now, you know, sit in front of me. Like it's not just you, Brennan. It's, you know, Aaron. It's Emil. It's Emma. Like you guys are a cohesive team. And you talked about this, you know, in depth in terms of like it's a family business. You know, like this is this is not just one person, right? And it takes a village to build something like this. So, you know, was there like what were some of the like beginning experiences of really working together? As as a family, and and why do you think that's kind of pushed you guys into being so successful?
2: So I would say I definitely remember when it was just you and me, or it felt like it was mm-hmm. you and me. And we had our mentors, but it was like just me and Brendan in a room, being like, "Okay, what's the goal for this <laughs> next two weeks? You know, what what is the goal for YouTube? What's the goal for this social media? Are we like working with anyone else? You know, like what mm-hmm. are we trying to do?" Setting those goals every two weeks, every two weeks and just seeing, are we going to hit that? Mm -hmm. It eventually got to a point where there was so, so much work to be had. that Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like we, we really need help because right now we're just executing, executing, executing so much. We can't even think about new ideas, you know? Right. Um, and that was kind of when Emma joined us. Well, mm-hmm. Stephen joined us first, right? Yes,
0: our cousin Stephen joined us first to help mm-hmm. with the web work and whatnot. But what our huge part of our work is our videos. Yeah. And mm-hmm. watching through those videos itself just takes it takes hours just to watch through the footage before you build anything. Um, right. And the whole process of handing this down to Emma was scary to us. Yeah, totally. it, it was mm-hmm. not an easy thing, like, hey, I know, just take our footage, you know, I, I, I trust you can do it.
1: Right. Because uh,
2: before it was like, it was like me, like it felt, you know, like... Started- <laughs> it's your baby. Yeah, and it was like my child, like I felt so attached to every episode and like my mm-hmm. footage and like, I, <laughs> and I had this idea and it was like, I remember Emma even being like, hey guys, like I'm graduating, you know, she's done some little projects with us, like, do you need any help? And I was like, actually, I don't think we need any help. And she mm-hmm. was like, I, well, why I don't really you talk about think your experience you could use some help. help?
0: Yeah. What do you remember when you first came on, like, what up until now, like, what has your work experience been like?
2: Um,
1: It's been fun here, right?
3: Yeah, no, it's,
1: it's, been, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. You got to make an Indeed.com like, uh, like a recommendation right now. Go for it, Emma. What are you gonna say?
3: I remember coming on and at first I wasn't even doing videos. I was doing like other social media research mm. for them because I had, I had experience in. Um, like Instagram and promoting things through Instagram because I had worked as a um, intern for a book subscription box company before to Mm -hmm. promote things online. Um, So when I came on board, I was originally like doing research like that for them, which then turned into, hey, we're really busy trying to plan all this other stuff. Maybe Mm -hmm. we could have you like start playing around with our footage a little bit. The first we wanted
1: you to
0: shadow us for it was a long time. It was a long time. Very long shadowing (laughs) period.
1: But yeah, I mean, there's, there's this, there's this moment of trust, right? And like, I'm kind of going through that, you know, in, in the stuff that I'm doing, like, I just brought on someone that can do some editing and some writing for me. And I'm like, all right, well, is she going to be able to kind of, you know, serve the same message that I've been trying to portray? And like, what is that going to look like? And, and how is this all going to pan out in the formatting, like all the nitty gritty stuff, but at some point, you just got to you just got to have that trust. Right. And in the same in on the same token, like I, you know, I work full time. So the the my employer has to have the same trust in me. So it's kind of interesting how that all kind of comes back around. And now I'm experiencing it and it's a it's a very cool experience. So, you know, as you guys started to kind of go down this path of, you know, the YouTube channel became a lot more serious. You had a really big following and this became a full time job. Was there ever a moment of like waving the white flag like, oh, man, this is this is tiring. Or was it always just go, go, go like this is awesome. I, I wouldn't want to do anything else.
0: I think it's more the second one. It, honestly, it's just been nonstop action packed fun. Like, yes, we sometimes bad things happen where we completely fail at something that we thought we were. But at, here we really like to celebrate those kind of failures because we, we learn from very quickly. So it's right our mentality here is when we fail fast we learn very fast from it as well Mm -hmm. so we actually we're okay with mistakes as long as we learn from them um right but early on we 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 knew that youtube money was not going to be enough for us to to just have a career just on youtube um Mm -hmm. the whole youtube uh algorithm and and google how adsense pays you is all at their expense and you have pretty much no control over that whatsoever um, right so we knew early on we're gonna have to really develop our values and develop some products that go along with our branding and actually serve to to actually help people and be innovative and different than everyone else so right. I, we we didn't look into making a fishing rod because every company has a fishing rod and they're mm-hmm. going to be way better than me so we were really looking outside of the box to try and figure out products that no one else was, is really offering and we offer stuff like ebooks and online courses to teach you how to fish, to teach you what where to look mm-hmm. at structure. Um, and I use my graphic design um, skills that I learned in college to put together all of these beautifully animated uh, ebooks that make it really mm-hmm. easy for people to learn. That was our first idea, where we don't need to ship anything out, We can we have the product, it helps everyone, and we don't have to right. ship anything. People can just download it right away. This really started help supplementing our, our, our income because YouTube money is is very shaky. You don't know what right. you're going to get, and even if you get a lot of views, the advertisers could just decide it's just not worth that much money. So you it ends up being a lot less than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, after the, the our our PDFs, we came up with this other. Uh, we noticed this problem about um,
2: right. So I was going to say the the all of. We use that YouTube, especially in the first year, to talk uh-huh. to people who are watching us, right? And be like, hey, like, what are some problems that you're having while you're fishing? It, it was right. a problem for us that we couldn't find hardly any resources that were trustworthy and all concise and put together and updated for like the, you know, a um, more modern time, yep. right? So yep. we had our own problems of like, hey, we're trying to learn this certain kind of technique, but I cannot find anything about it anywhere. So once we were actually putting it into our own practice, that was when we were saying, hey, we can actually create resources for people to solve those same problems. Um, Another problem that we worked on solving was with bait. And now we're like Mm -hmm. way more bait than I would have ever anticipated (laughs) when we first started this YouTube thing. But it came from the problem of people not being able to keep live bait wanting to fish with live bait bait uh, coming off of their hooks and so we created a product of salted baits that are a super durable on the hook um they're really effective for like many many different fish don't go bad yeah um the best
0: part about it is that you know there's products like fish bites and other other kind of like plasticky things that you're throwing into the ocean this right. bait here is completely biodegradable because it's just, it's just bait, it's bait plus it's just bait. <laughs> our, 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 um, our recipe for our salt mixture. Uh, right. So even if you lose your stuff, even if you lose your bait, it's fine. It's, it doesn't cause any kind of uh, uh, problems in the ecosystem. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas like when people use soft plastic, we, we really try and not use so much of that because they end up in the fish's stomach. They end up all over the ocean. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And it's just too much of it. So if we can help it, let's try and not use that.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I would
2: say from the beginning, it solving was solving
1: problems. Was, yeah, all, all less major. about like
2: YouTube views. And in inform- fact, mm-hmm. we, we were like trying to set goals of I want to hit this many subscribers, I want this many views, but there was only so much we I could, I do. could do. Yeah. Like, we were trying our hardest right. with every episode. So mm-hmm. it was less about the views and more about the depth of how we understand the people who are watching and how we can start mm-hmm. solving actual problems for them. Yeah, I, I think
0: a major part of our, what we do and what I my passion here is I love solving problems. I love mm-hmm. finding the problem, figuring out what it is that's causing it, and then coming up with something to solve it. And it can be right. anything. It can be anything. I just apply it to fishing with this company. But in mm-hmm. my general life, I just love to solve problems. Um, right. I think that kind of approach, when you're trying to help people, people want help. So if you are if you're giving out genuinely good advice, people are going to listen.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's so unique, you know, right? Cuz the it's and I keep on saying right, the internet. And I keep referring with that back to it because never have we ever had a time like this when you can be in college, make a YouTube channel and then come up with this idea of having salted bait, right? Yeah. And and producing ebooks and 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 adding more value to someone's life because at at the end of the day, right? Any brand, any company, the number one goal should always to be have more value than when they came onto that website or when they stepped foot into that business, because that's what companies and entrepreneurs and businessmen are all about, right? It's providing more value. Now, the beauty of it is, is now you can provide value at volume and at scale to someone. You you guys could be in you know Maryland, and you can provide value to someone in Bali right? Like it it doesn't matter. And that's the cool thing about it. So I kind of want to dive into this whole salted bait thing, right? Because it's very unique, you know, and as someone who's a fisherman and who loves to use, um, you know, live bait or, you know, obviously, you know, dead bait in some respect too. um, but like squid, for instance, I love going fluking, right? I love going, you know, out to block Island, you know, doing some jigging for, you know, black, uh, black sea bass tatag, uh, fluke, you know, tatag. You typically use green crabs, but for everything else it's, it's squid, right? So how did you guys come up with this idea of kind of some, and, and, and using a technique that's rather primitive, you know, salting meat has been done forever, you know, but you guys were like, Hey, I want to dip some squid in it and then see what happens. And then now we have, Hay Skipper and you guys are selling salted bait. So where did this all come up? Like who came up with the idea and how did it all start?
0: Well, in my culture, there's a lot of salt preserved things. So Mm -hmm. I go to the Mark supermarket and I see stuff that looks salted already. And I see like fish that's already salted. I'm like, well, I know my grandma salts things. Sometimes maybe I should ask grandma, how to salt something. And then she really helped introduce me to all the different things that can go into it. And it's, it's been a real process trying to figure it out because there's not many right. documents or much history about this salting process. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very, it's very kept Like, I don't know where to find it. So it's a matter of really a process of trial and error. Um, but she had a lot of really great tips to, to help me get started. Um,
2: in fact, she used to help. Yeah. Like she was like,
1: Oh, was she like,
0: really
2: doing it with us? So
0: she used to help us do it all. Um, and, and now I, I pretty much, the deal is I, I catch her fish for the rest of her life if she wants fish so i've been bringing her fish every every single time i go fishing or pretty much every time i go on a trip i bring her back some fish um but she's really the one who really helped um kind of facilitate the learning of how to how to salt things mm-hmm.
1: and what does that process look like like are you guys and i'm sorry to interrupt but um are you guys taking this and like taking kosher salt from the grocery store and dumping it over the fish or, cause it seems like there's a more in depth process it's, than it's someone just grabbing a fish mixture
0: of things that go into that salt mixture. Um, and it's, it's a matter of how long it sits in there and how long it sits drying as well. Um, it's, it's, it's a multiple part process that, um, it's like it's it's been a real process to try and figure out, and we're right. we're just getting it down now. But it, it has to do with um, how long it sits and, and how much moisture can you keep in there without taking out the scent? Um, because you can you can salt a you can salt a piece of bait, but that takes out all of the scent and all of the moisture, and it's useless. It's not it's not it's not squiddy bits. It's not the <laughs> right. baits that we make. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a very, uh, unique process that, um, yeah, we're, we're still kind of trying to try to work out and see if we can do it any quicker. Um, but every single bait that we sell, every single piece of it goes through either Aaron's hands or my hands. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's a real labor of love here. Yeah, And it also feels good because we're kind of continuing the tradition of salting, uh, something that not really many people do still, and not many people talk about.
1: Right. Right. So now growing up, was this something that you just, you always saw your grandmother doing? Like this was a part of your culture growing up.
0: I would just eat. I would remember eating salted stuff. And then it's kind of just like the memory of that. And then I remember that and I asked my grandma because I hadn't eaten that in a while and and she helped Mm -hmm. me get into that.
2: Yeah. I would also say that like you touched on it earlier. It's like, it's a very old method of preserving meat. Mm -hmm. Or there was refrigeration, like there are Egyptian hieroglyphs of people drying fish, salting you know? It's like a very old method and I think everyone has their own secret recipe to it in a way. Mm -hmm. At its base, it's, it's just taking moisture out of the meat in order to preserve it. Like Brendan said, we've gone through many A trial and error many failures many in it like you know the difference in humidity the difference in temperature the difference in this and this and if we defrost it and this like you you
0: remember a couple catastrophes last year remember yeah
2: and there's still some um
3: different experiments in the fridge down (laughs) there
0: we all we're always experimenting with new formulas new recipes new time Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we always have these small batches of experiments going at the same time, just so that we can work, continue working on perfecting what we, what we think is, is the perfect salted bait.
1: Right. So now I don't want I don't want you guys to give away too much of like, obviously there's, you know, some secrets here, right. You don't want to give it all away, but like at its essence, like what are some of those learning, you know, what are some of the learning hurdles that you guys kind of came across when you were, you know. Trying to figure out the formula was it temperature? Was it the amount of salt? Was it the the variability of you know like you know Aaron said defrosting versus you know fresh killed bait? Like what does that all look like?
2: It looks
1: like a lot of salt. A lot of
0: salt.
2: Pounds of salt. (laughs) That's what it
0: looks like. Uh, It's all those problems that you said literally all Mm -hmm. have to be taken into account down to how fresh is the bait that we're getting before we salt it if it's not good bait then the salted bait is not going to be good so it needs to be great bait so sourcing all this stuff is a whole nother you know a whole nother ballpark that that is like yeah it's just a lot just just thinking about the sourcing but in terms of the different variables as well (laughs) everything you said it's down to the temperature how long it sits in there for how how cold is the room that that it's in that's salting is that room temperature changing is it's just so many different factors that you just have to start at square one and just start recording right. and start yep. things
2: up.
1: Just figure it out. Yeah. yeah, In
2: fact, we made this box, right? Because one of the – so, for instance, one of the issues that we were trying to solve, I think, last year or the year before was the, the place that we make our bait, right? Mm-hmm. Seasons change. It's hotter in the summer and it's colder in right. the winter
0: good point and
2: that affects the time that it takes for it to salt right so we were trying to make this like temp perfectly temperature controlled box yeah. like <laughs> these experiments where this you know it would like heat up if it gets a- below a certain temperature and cool it off if it gets above a certain temperature and trying to really figure out what are the exact conditions that we need that was like a whole experience
1: jesus yeah
0: it's uh, so <laughs> pretty in depth like we would, you would it's, it's like four people just sitting in and together just trying to figure out what if anyone else saw what we were doing they'd be like what the heck are you guys doing right so
1: well you know it it, it sounds as though like you guys are all sitting around the island in the kitchen just like so how are we going to make this better salted bait more salty or or less, you know, moisture, or just having all these random questions and ideas and just having to go experiment and try it out because there's no one else doing this. So you guys are the only ones. There's no YouTube. Well, I mean, you are the YouTube channel, so there's no going to YouTube it. Right. Um, so how's this stuff been working out? I mean, What are the differences in using, you know, this salted bait? Because I can see a whole, a a whole myriad of, you know, solutions that you guys are solving with it. Right. I mean, even just down to the fact that if you want to come in the night before and put bait on your boat, you're not going to wake up to it smelling like, you know, fish. Right. But, but walk us through some of the other, you know, solutions that you guys have come up with by creating this salted bait. So
0: this bait can sit in the refrigerator for a year. I mean, I still have bait mm-hmm. from last year and it's perfectly fine, perfectly usable. This can just sit for a long time. And
3: you have some in there from 2018 that is still good.
0: <laughs> I Jesus. Away, I refuse. That, is, <laughs> that was our, our like test number one. So, and it's still, it's still strong. So. That's one of the major things is that it can stay without refrigeration. So people who don't want to go to the the tackle shop, they can just go straight to the beach or straight to wherever they want to go fishing for a couple hours. They don't want to hit up the tackle shop. So they just have this in their backpack or have this in their refrigerator. So anytime they want to go, they have freshly preserved baits. Another thing is with fresh baits, they come off the hook really easily. They work really well. um, And especially in combination with this bait, because you put the fresh bait on for the set. And then you put Mm -hmm. the body of it is, is the actual salted squid. So you end Mm -hmm. up losing a lot less fresh bait and catching a lot more fish here when you, if you're going out for black sea bass or you're going fluking, a lot of times you're dropping it pretty deep and it Mm -hmm. takes 30, 40, 50 seconds to get it all the way to the bottom sometimes. And by the time you get to the bottom and uh, you feel a small fish peck it, you know, that could, that could be your fresh bait gone. So you have to reel it all the way back up Mm -hmm. and check to see that, oh, wait, it's still there. Damn, I'm going to drop it all the way back down. You you right. could have gotten th- three fish at this at, at that time. With our big, you, you keep it on there, and when it's down there, you know it's going to be on there still. So you mm. set the hook on, on the fish that really count. Um, that's another.
1: One. So it's almost like an insurance policy, if you will. Yeah. You know, like you're you're kind of putting it down there, knowing that it's going to stay on the hook. Yeah. Which you know, for me at least, I mean, that's always a big issue, right? You you these sneaky sea bass are always you know, lurking around, pecking your bait off your hook, not to mention the, the ecosystem that they're living in, right? It's not a flat, sandy bottom. You know, I mean, for fluke it is, but for a sea bass, they're in these rocky outcroppings and sometimes you get snagged up and you got to kind of pull it. So knowing that your bait's still on the hook is, is certainly a plus. Now, do you find that it's, is it as equal or better than live bait? Or, I mean, not live bait, but like fresh bait?
0: So when we're talking like dropping for black sea bass, there's absolutely no difference. Or for fluke, there's no yeah. difference. And we put it on the back of a bucktail, a striped bass, no difference. Yes. Um, but cool. if you're like in an inshore setting and the fish are picky, they're gonna they're gonna eat up the live bait over this mm-hmm. all. Um, but it's usually when we put the live bait together with this,
1: that's mm-hmm. really
0: where the value shines because you don't have to use nearly as much live bait. The bait works great without live bait, but when you put on right. a little bit of live bait, it really brings it alive.
2: Right. Freshly, best, but freshly preserved is, is second. second best. Best.
1: <laughs> freshly preserved. I like it. I like that. Do you guys coin that phrase and put it on your, on your stuff? <laughs> I haven't thought about that yet. Maybe we
0: should. Well, I like it. Real, t- real squid, real tough. That's what we do.
1: Oh, I like that too. I like that too. The yeah, branding department over there is pretty good. <laughs> So, you know, you guys have mentioned, you know, it, it's, I, the idea is awesome, right? What you guys have done, created this platform and built this audience is, is just incredible, right? And, and it started with nothing, absolutely nothing, and something that no one else is doing. And you've created something, which I think is really cool. But, you know, the underlying... You know, motives behind this have always been providing value. What it seems like, and then also, you know, teaching people how to fish. And there's a lot of importance to that. You know, and that's a very profound thing to really go about your life and and choose to do something for others rather than you know just going to your nine to five job, which is totally fine, right? Some people love that, but there's something to be said about kind of taking a risk and and doing it on your own. So, can you kind of speak to that in in the sense that you guys went one route when really everyone else was kind of pointing you to a different route, you know, because going to college is you're you're supposed to go into the workforce, right? You're supposed to go to that nine to five. You know, as much as universities want to say that, oh, you should go start this. You want to do that? It's really it's up to you. You know, I was, a so, guy,
0: I was the kind of guy who would D's get degrees, C's get degrees <laughs> just <laughs> past my freaking class. I mean, it took yeah. it took me an extra three years to get through college. It's not exactly my, you know, my kind of environment. Like that that way of being tested. Uh, some people are great at that kind of stuff. And and yeah. like that's great. But for me, it wasn't like that. And to made to be made feel to me like I felt like I was lesser. I mm. maybe felt like I was like lesser than because I couldn't keep up with the grades or I couldn't keep up with um, you know, mm. work the same way that my peers were. Um, so that kind of motivated me to say like, you know what? I I don't need to go this route and I, I, I want to make my own route here. Um, Mm -hmm. and that has really been my attitude since, you know, like college, high school, because I did so poorly and all that stuff. And I knew I wasn't, you know, (laughs) I can't test like that. You guys can, but you know, I'm good Mm -hmm. at the things that I like to do. It doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I'm any lesser than you. You're not any lesser than me. Um. And really, it was kind of just motivation for me to to really, to really go against all odds and and take a risk and do something different. And, and I'm I'm smarter than than academics say that I am. I would say
2: for me, it was like a little bit different um, because I think academics were really like emphasized at, for me growing up, and I was like generally pretty okay at school and very focused on school. When mm-hmm. it came to like, I remember looking for jobs while I was in college and being like, "This is what I think I'm gonna do after school," and mm-hmm. it was a total risk. Like, it felt like a really big risk at the time to right. go against what most people. <laughs> to see, on you know, yeah. people that I graduated with, they have these jobs, and I'm working on this project. Which at the time I was like, I don't even know if I can like talk too much about it. I'm proud of it, you know? right? But um yeah, it felt like a risk. And it was just kind of one of those things where you feel like what you're doing is, ha- it has to be going somewhere. And I had this support system of Brendan, his mom, our mentor, our family, know. you know, but to still, there were some people, you know, who were like, hey, you know, we really working, you know, you can
0: just yeah. doing
2: this, but you right. just have to, I guess just be that fish that's swimming upstream and trust that you know where you're going or you're going to figure it out on your way there, you know?
1: Right. Right. And then Emma, you know, you coming into this and working as a family, right? I mean, there's, there's risk involved with that too. Like there's, or, or, you know what, you know, I don't think risk is really the right word here. Right. Because in in a lot of sense, and Emma, I still want you to kind of chime in on your two cents, but you know, It's in my eyes, it's almost more risky to go a route and and do the nine to five and kind of grind out and then hope that 25 years down the road that you're going to get a cool watch and be unhappy. Like that seems more risky than risking, you know, putting in the time day in and day out and then being able to create a YouTube channel and create a business called Hey Skipper, right? And be able to touch all these different people and then give them a platform to go to for their passion, right? That seems less risky because it's like ample happiness, right? Like you could be more happy or you could be less happy. Like which one do you want to do, you know? And, you know, Emma, what was your kind of take on coming into this and saying like, Hey, what do I want to, you know, how do I want to contribute? And, and what was that, that transition for you? Cause you had just graduated college as well.
3: Right. I, I actually started working for them like pretty much immediately after I graduated, I came home mm-hmm. and immediately, um, got on board. Um, by the time that I really started working for them, uh, I would say that the business was already pretty established. Um, mm-hmm. but I will say like the work that we do is not like your typical nine to five. Like we all get together and have such a good time working together. Like you can enjoy mm-hmm. on, everyone's faces. We love telling stories. We love helping people. And that's exactly what drew me to this job. Because like my sister said earlier, like we were both in theater. We're Mm -hmm. definitely both big storytellers and being able to dive into this footage and being able to create the stories that I want to and to be able to put this out to thousands of people viewing is kind of, mm-hmm. it, it's great. It's insane. Like, even if I'm like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get as great of views. Like you said earlier, like that's why she was giving <laughs> me a look earlier because what you said about like, imagine an audience of this many people. That's mm-hmm. exactly what we do. Like, <laughs> it might might not have touched everyone, but we know it touched the people that it needed to. Tell them about the
0: customer service that you read through too. Like. Oh,
3: it makes
0: me So, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we get some really, really awesome comments from people in our customer service that like really just make it so that this is why, we, we understand why we're doing this. Like the right. testimonies that we get from people writing to us from all over the world, like give us some examples.
3: Like we have some, um, we have some even like kids reaching out to us and saying, that they're getting into fishing because of us and they're getting their parents their siblings excited and they're going out with their whole family in nature or they're those who have experienced loss in their lives and our channels help them to find like a new passion for themselves to share with other mm-hmm. people it's the whole idea of just bringing everyone together to go outside in nature and have a good time and build some memories
1: yeah Yeah. And that's such a powerful thing to get from someone. Right. Because not only does it validate what you guys are doing, but it really kind of speaks true to the mission behind, you know, the whole the whole process. Right. Whether it be Hayskipper, the YouTube channel, the whole everything. Right. And it's telling this story of the outdoors and of conservation and of, you know, really what it means to go out and, and sit by the ocean or by the lake and just be. You know, and I think it's really cool that you guys were both in theater. You know, and obviously, Brennan, you have talent as well in there, even though you didn't go there Before, formally. Because they both yeah. coach me a lot. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know too much about theater. I don't want
0: to put up a show right now. I'm just fishing. Like, please, just get the cameras out of my face. <laughs> but they always help me find my center and get me back into that that mode and and you know have, have that smile and have that energy again. And uh, you know, that's that's I'm also very grateful for this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, in a in a way, I mean, you guys are really telling the story of the outdoors, you know, like that's what you guys are doing. And, you know, I always I always say like when I was on the charter boat, it was it was always this person traveled this far to, you know, middle of the ocean, Hawaii, like five thousand miles any direction you want to go. And they came and they chose my boat, right? They chose to come with me on my day. And it would be it wouldn't be right for me to not give that person the experience they deserve, right? Because that person could have saved up every single penny you know, for their honeymoon to come out and go out on the boat and see a whale and never having seen a whale in their entire life. Now, for me, I got to see whales every day. So one whale, two whale. Whales are awesome. Every single time I was like, this is a total blessing. But after 10 days of straight whales, you're like, all right, it's another whale, oh, wow. you know? All right, let's be honest. Like, Brendan, you catch thousands of fish. You're like, yeah, I love this fish. This is a great fish. But like, <laughs> it's another fish, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, I guess my point is like, you guys really take the opportunity to really be with your consumer, right? And be with your, your, your listener and your viewer. And, you know, being able to teach that person, you never know what's going to come about that, right? That person could go work for the US Fish and Wildlife and change, you know, the course of how we do you know fisheries and wildlife management right you don't know that right and you guys getting these emails saying hey you know i just found fishing and and this is now my new hobby because of you how does that make you feel
0: like this is way bigger than us like i'm not even kidding like, I, I, I get multiple messages from different people saying look you really i was in a really bad place I was contemplating suicide. I I, mm. I have cancer. I have, you know, insert something very bad. Yeah. And look, you really, really helped me get out of a dark place. And you you could have saved my life here. And I just want to reach out and say thank you. When mm. I get messages, like I'm I'm getting goosebumps just telling you about this because this is this is bigger than me. This is bigger than just our company. It's 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 spreading love and getting love back. And and mm-hmm. that's really what's gonna keep things going around the world we, we need to have we need to have like this kind of love be spread and and I just feel very fortunate and I feel like I have a lot of responsibility and a lot of people to make sure that I'm keeping them happy <laughs> that's what it feels like <laughs> yeah. a lot of pressure
2: yeah but it's also you know like we're, do- it's the what drives us that we're doing this is being fulfilled in a way you know it's like this is why we're doing it, and to hear that it's actually, you know, affecting people is very That's just, you know,
0: confirmation that we're yeah. we're doing the right thing here, and we we got to keep doing this because we're helping yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And when you feel yeah. like your your job yeah. is actually impacting people and actually making a difference in this world, you got to keep you got to keep at it.
1: Right, you're doing something right at that point. Right, so- I mean. something's going right. Right. It's not, and it's not just the cool thing is, is yeah, you're selling, you know, a lot of different resources, whether it's your eBooks or your, you know, your courses and so on and so forth, and you're providing an awesome show, but you know, it's not just salted squid, right? It's not just that, right? There is a bigger picture and a bigger motive behind, you know, the, the, what you guys are doing. You know, it's kind of hard to describe the the feeling you must get and even hard to ask the question as to like, how does this really make you feel? But man, I mean, I can't tell you guys how cool it is to be able to sit down here and talk to you guys about what you guys have done. You know, owning in this company and, and creating it and starting YouTube channel. If someone was out there listening and wants to know really at its core, what it takes to go ahead and just start. Because I think that's, you know, with a YouTube channel, there's something very special about that. There's something about putting yourself out there and putting the camera on and just going for it, you know? And it's, you know, a lot of other brands, like you can start a t-shirt brand and you could you could put it out there and put it all on the line and really be upfront about it. But it's not the same as putting yourself on camera, right? When the camera's on you, there's something a little bit different than that, than, Doing some sort of startup company with like snow plow, uh, snow you know snow plowing or you know lawn care or whatnot because the camera's on you like they see Brendan, Aaron, and Emma, right? So, what is that? What would what would that look like if you were to say, you know, the first things you got to do is start. Like, what would you suggest?
0: Look at what what you're good at already. Look at your resources you have right now, and don't think I need this to be able to do this. Like if if you're not good on camera, don't try and all of a sudden be great on camera. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of channels where they don't even show their face. They're just showing their hands working on something. It does not, don't give yourself excuses as to why you cannot do it. Think about the stuff that you're really good at right now, stuff that you love to do and that you're great at right now and fully utilize that. Also keeping in mind what, in what way are you going to be different than people? That's also mm-hmm. another really important thing to think about is there's, there's so many Joe Schmoes right now with just a YouTube of them fishing. You know, why watch them fishing no name versus watching someone huge name fishing? What kind of value are you gonna provide and, and differentiate yourself uh, from, from everyone else that's posting? Um, and for right. us at the time, it was teaching how to fish, but now it's like there's so many people trying to teach how to fish that like, if you were to try and start a channel teaching people how to fish, you have a lot of people to compete with. So mm-hmm. what we like to do is look for what we call a blue ocean. A blue ocean is there's no one to compete with because you're so unique and you're so different that you can just do your thing. You don't have to copy anyone and you can you can get a good following because just there's no one else that's doing it. I right. say spend your time looking for that blue ocean and keeping in mind what you're good at right now. And whatever you're bad at, keep that out. You, you don't need to try and, and uh, perfect your mistakes or perfect your, your imperfections. Just learn to, to maintain it and mm-hmm. really work on your strengths. And this is something that my mother has been teaching me since I was a little kid. I was never good at school, but she would always say, you're not good at school, but you know what? You just need to maintain that. Just get the see and pass. What you need mm-hmm. to do is work on the stuff that you are good at and just maintain the other stuff. And I think that that is just really sound advice for, for everything. In, in terms of yeah. the YouTube, if you don't have the GoPro, you don't have the 4K, you, you probably have an Android or an iPhone. Use start with that. GoPro, right. I can't start it until I have that camera, until I have that GoPro, uh, until I yeah. get a sponsorship. Uh, to me, I think that that's, you're missing a lot of opportunity. Yeah. What, do, what would you say?
1: Absolutely.
2: Um i think just like what you said earlier which is in addition to what you say is is try many different things honestly you yeah, know I agree. put out a bunch of stuff not all of it's going to be good but maybe one mm-hmm. will and then you're going to you should say that one was good i'm going to keep going with that
0: idea and drop the other but, ideas. yeah
2: drop the other ones you know i think it's just it you just got to learn by doing you know, just learn right. by putting stuff out there and it might fail. A lot of our stuff, like I remember, you know, when we were getting 200 views on stuff, I totally remember that time we wake up to like maybe a thousand views and we're like, yes, you know, yeah. it just, you just, you just have to start. And I think that's a mm-hmm. cliche answer, but it's, you just got to do it. You're not going to learn unless you do
1: it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's like, um, you know having that having that craft right like <laughs> that one thing that you can kind of come back to every single day whether it's you know if you want to be a writer well you got to go write you know if you want to be a youtuber you got to make videos right if you want to be a good you know strength athlete or you know football player you got to go do the thing that you want to be good at you know and i think so many people get into this whole you know they're either too afraid to start or they're just not willing to put in the time and be consistent with that thing. You know, and that's the key is like, you gotta be consistent. You gotta stick to it. You gotta be with it. And, you know, I love the idea and the, the, the blue ocean mentality, you know, and just finding that thing that is a little bit easier to get into because, you know, already, you're already good at it. Like you already know what to do, you know, versus no one else has really gone with it and taken that shot yet. So, you know, the, the, the field is yours at that point. Right. So I like, I really like that. And, you know, I think, uh, I think names always have, you know, a certain story behind them. So I'm curious, like, where did Hayskipper come from?
2: <laughs> oh, we started as Senko Skipper.
0: Let's
1: start there. Psycho Skipper. Yeah, Senko, Senko. Like, uh, like uh, Gary Yamamoto, they made Senkos. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. okay. There's
0: like a little plastic worm that's, that's called Senko. Right. Okay. So we started as Senko Skipper because I love to fish for bass. Because that was
2: your Instagram name, basically.
0: Well, it all started as a joke. I was like, "Yeah, Aaron, you know, I've got a—you didn't know this about me, but I actually have an Instagram, and I'm Senko Skipper on there, and I've got like a, like a thousands of thousands of people following me." I was just like completely like BSing, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and it's funny that we actually turned it into that. Um, so we we got we got into Senko Skipper, then realized like we well, want to make this a legit business. Right. And Senko is too close to Gary Yamamoto's trademark term for Senko. So mm-hmm. we had to quickly adjust and change our name to something different so that we mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, you know, st- I don't want to step on the dude's tail. You know, he he came up with Senko. I don't want to take credit for anything related to Senko. Just That's just amazing. not fair. So we, we ended up switching our name, which was very scary, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, switching our name and also trademarking that name to make sure that we we're we're like legit <laughs> and we have the and no one can steal it from us. Um, but in
2: terms of coming up with that new name, um, it was literally a process of like brain dump. First of all, we put up a bunch of sticky notes on the wall, but the whole team, mm-hmm. I don't think you were there, but like yeah. Stephen was with us and we were just putting up all of these sticky notes. And we knew we wanted it to be reminiscent of our old name of Senko Skipper, but it couldn't have the Senko. And eventually we landed on Hey Skipper and really decided, yes, that's it, because it felt really approachable. And it felt Mm -hmm. really like I could talk to these people. And you know, a a lot of people now like when they see us, they say, Hey Skipper, you know, and so I like that now. It's like a greeting it's like an introduction all in one you know just
0: very easy easy to say yeah. hey hey, skipper i need some advice it's nothing too intimidating not like like the fishing lord masters <laughs> you know, it's yeah. easy to say hey skipper yeah.
1: yeah no i love it i love the name i love everything you guys stand for and uh just the story behind it so i just wanted to say thank you for taking the time you know it's it's been an hour we've we've been sitting here bsing and uh i just want to thank you guys for coming on and uh taking the time to to be on along the keel yeah,
2: thank,
0: thank you, you so much. much it was so fun to talk to you
1: thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Along the keel it was a pleasure being able to sit down with hey skipper and the entire crew and learn all about their youtube channel the Salted Bait's, the the stories that Kind of shaped them and how they all came to be. I thought it was very interesting. And one of the big takeaways that I came away from was um, the the blue ocean idea, right? I, that was a little bit towards the end. It was uh, very interesting their perspective on it and how you kind of have to find your ocean within your own niche. And I think that's super important, especially in today's ever growing, expanding market. Is you know don't go around doubting yourself that you can't find something that you're good at. Look internal see what you can do see what you're good at see what you talk about see what you are constantly thinking about and give it a go that's the other thing is like you got to be action oriented it's something that i took away from these guys and uh, something that i try and do myself so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast make sure to like share subscribe leave us a five-star review if you could and check us out on instagram facebook youtube wherever you can find us we're probably going to be there i hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today as much as i did And uh, make sure to work hard, do good, be incredible, and we'll catch you on the next one.